Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Passing over Israel, the presence would only be indirectly seen, like, mm-hmm. like the diffused light you know, inside a cloud that lightning strikes from east, mm-hmm. east, east to west. Uh, Paul's statement in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, the day of the Lord will be like a thief. Well, a thief comes suddenly and with surprise, and usually at night, so it's not seen. Mm-hmm. A, a thief doesn't come to be seen, mm-hmm. usually, right? So these are all arguments for, for, an, for a non-visible coming and appearing of deity, which is the nature of cloud coming. Always has been, mm-hmm. still is, mm-hmm. but there are other types of comings that are visible appearances mm-hmm. of deity, mm-hmm. which we recognize some of those uh, earlier. So, and, and all of them, there was a lot of them throughout the scripture where God he comes upon, rides upon the wings of the wind. He makes the clouds. I mean, I, some of them you may know more familiar than I do. We're, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> You're jumping ahead of me, Lynn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's all right. I yeah. don't care. You know. uh, all right, number seven, uh, verse 28. Let, let me just say this because uh, uh, we just, uh, we just uh, are continuing a conversation that we had uh, on the last part of uh, last week's segment, but we did not cut the tape, so we are continuing that conversation as we continue this week. So uh, tune in, and what you missed last week, uh, we've covered that, we brought you up to this point, but uh, this is a continuing conversation we started last week. All right, verse 28 of Matthew uh, 24. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures, or eagles, gather. Now this has puzzled commentators for centuries. Mm -hmm. You know, what in the world is Jesus talking about? Well, perhaps this literally refers to the physical vultures of that time who were buzzing around Jerusalem and feasting on the mounds of dead bodies that Josephus talks about were piled high. Yeah. Even 500 Jews were crucified in grotesque positions on crosses outside the third wall. Mm Uh, before the temple, mm-hmm. and and and, the, and and inside they were mounded, you know, just just terrible. Well, yeah, the stacked them up. I mean, it could refer to that, or figuratively, it could refer to the Roman army, perhaps, uh, who were the vultures who had encircled and put a siege wall or mm-hmm. all around Jerusalem, who had encircled the walls outside Jerusalem, awaiting their dying prey yeah. that were killing each other, yeah, yeah. burning their own storehouses inside as this madness, as Josephus talks about, mm-hmm. swept through the, the, the warring factions. There were three warring factions of Jews on the inside. Yeah, so they weren't only being attacked by the Romans, they're killing each other in there. Right, yeah. and, and which forced Titus to say, it was either Titus or Vespasian, I can't remember which one, that, hey, uh, God is a better general than I am. Yeah. <laughs> or they could have been the Roman standards, mm-hmm. which at the top of the Roman standards were eagles. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they were, and Caesar, and these standards were actually stuck in the soil of Jerusalem, and some of them taken into the temple and stuck in there and worshiped. Mm-hmm. Another abomination that causes desolation. Mm -hmm. Thus, everything was destroyed to the uttermost, 1 Thessalonians 2, 16, King James. And arguably, Lynn, no other country or people have ever suffered the magnitude of of God's wrath and judgment that befell Old Covenant, animal sacrifice, blood temple system, Mm -hmm. uh, Israel. And uh, not only did it cease being a nation at this time, but it ceased forever uh, 
being a nation until 1948. Mm -hmm. But the world of biblical Judaism ceased forever. Mm -hmm. They know, you know, as of the destruction of the temple, no longer could the Jews practice biblical Judaism. They had to reinvent Judaism into rabbinical Judaism. Because they don't have an animal sacrifice. They don't have a temple. temple. And they didn't have a land. Right. And it all happened. Which this is probably a can of worms to open, but that was really the fulfillment of heaven and earth will pass away. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll we'll jump ahead. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in verses 30. Uh, we're getting, I'm jumping five ahead. 36. Ahead. Okay, okay. okay. We're, we're only on 28 now. Yeah. All right. Use of apocalyptic language. Verse 29. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't seen that happen. Look, that kind of apocalyptic language, falling stars, bloody moons, darkened skies, uh, shaken earth, has a long history yes, of does. use and fulfillment, use and fulfillment, use and fulfillment uh, in the Old Testament uh, economy there, and never once was the, was the, was the uh, material, physical earth ever altered one iota. That's right. Or never once was the cosmos or the sky or you know, the, the galaxy or you know ever changed yeah. one iota. This was the language of the prophets, yes, and the Jews back then and there were steeped in it. Yes, they knew about this. This 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 type of language was was always associated with the coming of a day of the Lord. Let me give you some examples. Yes. And, and now they knew this. Yep. But most Christians, they don't know this. Yeah. So they think, well, I can't, that's never happened. Yeah. God has happened a yeah. lot. For example, Isaiah 13, which Jesus quoted, quote, the stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its place at the wrath of Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. Fulfillment. The prophet was not speaking of the end of the world or a final judgment or a solar or lunar eclipse. It was he was giving a figurative prediction of the literal destruction of Babylon by the Medes in 539 BC. Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Isaiah 13:1, where it says, This is an oracle concerning Babylon. Mm-hmm. And the use of this, this cosmic language means that the presence of God was involved and revealed in this judgment upon his people. Isaiah 34, 4, Jesus also quoted this, quote, All the stars of heaven will be dissolved, and the sky rolled up like a scroll, and all the starry hosts will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from the fig tree, end quote. Fulfillment was not the end of the world or the end of the cosmos, but a figurative description of the coming divine destruction of Edom mm-hmm. in the 6th century B.C. How do we know that? Isaiah 34.5 tells us that. Ezekiel 32.7 and 8, I will cover the heavens and darken the stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will give its light. All the shining lights in heaven I will darken over you. This was a prophecy of God's warning to Pharaoh of Egypt of his impending fall in mid-6th century B.C., Ezekiel 32.2. Do I need to give any more? There's a whole bunch more. No, I I mean, to me, that's just, I I could say this to uh, Dad, and maybe maybe you're going to get this again. I might be jumping ahead, but Joel prophesied that in the last days saith God in the last days. Joel 2.30 and 31, I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth. 
blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be will turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of, day the, of the Lord. Yeah. Fulfillment. Joel was not describing the end of the world. He was giving a figurative description of the actual events accompanying the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Yes. Yeah. Peter said it was fulfilled in their day, Acts 2. This is that which was spoken by, he, he makes direct reference. That's right. This is that which yeah. was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, yes. saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit. The sun will be dark in a minute. He uses that exact verse and says, this is not in your future. This is that. That's it's right. It's not some coming blood moons. It, this is that. That's this right. is the language he's using for that period of time. So we see Jesus here using the same language of the prophets. We used to describe judgments on Babylon and on uh, Edom and on... Um, Apostate uh, Israel. And, 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 and all these others mm -hmm. and so forth. He's using the same language. So mm -hmm. if it was appropriate to describe God's judgment on them, mm -hmm. why in the world wouldn't it be appropriate to describe this judgment on apostate Israel? Staying contextually with Scripture, how it interprets itself. That's how it was used. So Jesus says, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and heavenly bodies will be shaken. And Jesus is speaking in a similar fashion, using the same apocalyptic drawn from the language of the prophets cited above. I always think, even when I think of that, of Joseph's dream, when Joseph saw the sun, the moon, and the stars bow down to him, he knew that was talking. His father, Israel, knew that that was a symbol of them because he said, shall I and thy mother and thy brethren bow down to him? You know, so right. uh, that could actually be uh, connected to the destruction oh, yes. of natural Israel. Oh, oh, yeah. This is that. And there, Lynn, there are no disclaimers. And, and even, let me, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in here, but even the manifestation of the tongues was what in fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah who said, with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this mm. people, yet they will not hear me. And so they were actually assigned to the unbelieving Jews in that day that everything that they already know scripturally is about to occur. And the other convincing piece of evidence we need to point out is that there were no disclaimers used by Jesus or any New Testament writer or any qualifications employed that this language was being used any differently. Yep. None. Yep. So for us today to say, oh, well, this has got to be t totally different in its fulfillment, nature of fulfillment, is, is to walk away from the consistent usage of this uh, th through the pattern of, of uh, the prophetic tradition mm -hmm. of Israel, mm -hmm. which is very risky. Mm -hmm. Very risky. All right. Next element, number nine. Coming on the clouds, in verse 30, Jesus said, At that time, the sign, and I will get to that in a minute again, uh, of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with great uh, power and great glory. Great power and great glory. Or, excuse me, it was power and great, great glory. Okay, again, uh, Jesus has used this language before. With, with Caiaphas, he told him that, that he would see uh, 
him coming on the clouds. Uh, Caiaphas cons uh, considered that blasphemous because the prophet Daniel had spoken that the Messiah at his return to heaven would come on the clouds. So this was Jesus making a statement to being deity, mm -hmm. and that's why he accused him of uh, blasphemy. Uh, again, this type of language has a long history of use and fulfillment, use and fulfillment, use and fulfillment. So thus, uh, some of the prophets like Isaiah said, uh, see the Lord rides on a swift cloud and is coming to Egypt. Uh, Isaiah 19, uh, 1. Uh, Look, he advances like the clouds, his chariots come like a whirlwind, Jeremiah said, Jeremiah 4, 13. Uh, Ezekiel 30, verse 3. For the day is near, the day of the Lord is near, a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. The psalmist said, sing to God, sing praises to His name, exalt Him who rides on the clouds. One more, Psalm 104, 3-4. He makes clouds His chariots and rides on the wings of, of the wind. He makes winds His messengers and flames of fire His servants. And this is the kind of language that's always used and associated with the coming. Yeah. And, and there's many more, many more. Mm -hmm. so, so Jesus is saying to Caiaphas that He will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds. This is a statement of Caiaphas that to me. He, that's, that's why he calls him a deity. Yeah. Uh, the Old Testament also speaks of the uh, God coming down and treading on the high places, uh, like in Exodus 3.8, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the, uh, that land in a good space. Uh, Michael 1.3, the Lord is coming from His dwelling place and He comes down and treads the high places of the earth and many more. Well, that's what's going to happen here to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And this was a heck of a lot bigger deal than these were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's why the high priest was so offended by it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Jesus also tells us in John 5, 22, that all this judgment is spoken of back in the Old Testament times, using this kind of language, mm -hmm. has been turned over to him from the Father. Mm -hmm. So now Jesus will be the implementing uh, agent in the Godhead. And that's John 5, 22. Mm -hmm. That tells us about that. And never once... In all those kind of comings and all those kind of treadings and, and, and day of the Lord's and judgment, never once was the person of deity ever visibly seen. Mm -hmm. That is not the nature of that of a cloud coming. Mm -hmm. That is the nature of some of these other comings. Yeah. But not that one. Mm -hmm. Not that one. So it's so that's don't expect to be seeing Jesus coming on fluffy cumulus clouds mm -hmm. someday or if, there, if, it's a, if it's a clear day, Jesus couldn't possibly come back mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that's uh, getting ludicrous. Mm -hmm. All right, now the sign of His coming in verse 30. The sign of His coming. The sign in the sky. Why did it need a sign? Because it would not be a visible appearance of deity. So that's why a sign was asked for, and that's why a sign was given. And this sign is nothing new. Uh, it had been prophesied in Ezekiel some 600 years before Christ in the midst of Babylonian captivity because both Daniel and Ezekiel were mid-exilic uh, prophets. Uh, in Ezekiel 4 and 5, the prophet prophesies of this particular sign. And here's what he said. Ezekiel 4, verses 1 through 3. Now, son of man, take a clay tablet and put it in front of you and draw the city of Jerusalem on it. Then lay siege to it. Erect siege works against us. Build up a ramp to it. 
set up camps against it, put battering rams around it. Does this sound at all like Roman military technology? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Mm -hmm. Then take an iron pan and place it as an iron wall between you and the city and turn your face toward it. It will be under siege and you shall besiege it. This will be a sign to the house of Israel. Mm -hmm. That's why a sign was asked for. Mm -hmm. That's why a sign was given. Mm -hmm. And it was prophesied in advance. And the sign was? The destruction of Jerusalem. Was, I mean, the sign was when you see the siege being... The siege and, and the destruction. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and that's what Jesus said. So when you Here's see Jerusalem sign. surrounded by armies... That's the sign. Get out! Here's your sign. Get out, folks! Yeah. <laughs> and it goes on. It talks, it talks even more about that in, in Ezekiel 4 and 5, but I won't bother you with all that stuff. So as Daniel had prophesied, as we see here, the defining characteristic in the historical setting for the one and only time, point in time at the end, would be when the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will have happened. There's just so much throughout both the Old and the New Testament, Lynn, as, as you well know, that just pinpoints this as the whole contextual uh, uh, schema mm -hmm. for the completion of God's plan of redemption. The old covenant that had been made obsolete by Jesus' sacrifice would, would have to disappear before everything was accomplished mm -hmm. and all that power what, what, uh, of, the, of the old covenant, the holy people was broken mm -hmm. and that old age, the, this present age, which was, this was this present age all through here. Yep. And this is when the new age started to come in. So yep. we had two ages like Absolutely this. Overlapped. Overlapping. Mm -hmm. we, had, we had the back end uh, of, of this present age, the old covenant age, and the front end of the uh, age to come. Mm -hmm. and, when, and when the old age was removed, the age to come continues on. Yeah. So this was the overlap. That's why Paul says up on, I think it is uh, 1 Corinthians 10, I believe, upon whom the ends, plural, of the ages has come. Mm -hmm. The back end of the, this present age, the old covenant, age of Moses, and the front end of the age of the These Messiah, the, two the kingdom ends. age. The front end this of the is, back And this end. is yeah. the overlap. Yeah. This is the eschaton. This is the last days. This is, when it, this is the appointed time of the end. Mm -hmm. This is what this was implemented all by the Messiah. Mm -hmm. It's exactly how it happened. So the end, the Bible proclaims, is behind us, not ahead of us. It's past, it's mm -hmm. not future. It was covenantal, not cosmic. And, and that's why even during this period of time, these wars, this persecution, uh, am I jumping ahead of you? These Don't earthquakes, go ahead, go ahead. all of this stuff was occurring. I mean, they were being persecuted. They were, they'll be deliver you up to be killed. Uh, oh, when yeah. they persecute you in this city, you know, flee to the next one. And, uh, you know, the wars and the rumors of wars, all of that was not out in the future. All of that was occurring right then. That was really the fulfillment of, like I said, in some of the stuff I've taught in Revelation 6 about wars and famines and earthquakes and death and, and people being martyred was all occurring Yeah. during this period of time. Now, it's being fulfilled. Now, now let me give you the big, big objection. This was just a local event. This wasn't worldwide. Mm -hmm. When the end comes, it'll be worldwide. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, um, this was a local event. Uh, birth of Christ was just a local event. Uh, at the time, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a local event. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just... But it had worldwide <laughs> implications. Huge! Yeah. This is just how God chose to do it. it 
the, 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 he gave us the Bible through local events. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way, reason we got this Bible is because of local events. Yeah, yeah. This was a local event. Yeah. But but just like all these other, it had universal significance yeah. and relevance. Yeah, That's yeah. just how God chose to do it. Yeah. And so it all had, and the scoffers knew this. Yeah. Hey, where is this coming he promised? See, everything still remains the same, mm-hmm. all these buildings. Well, that would change. All right. Uh, let's see if we can. We still got, we still got a good seven minutes. Oh, all right, I see. All right, all right. All right. Let's talk about the gather just a little bit. I'm going to hit, hit on these pretty quickly here. Yeah. Uh, verse 31. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heavens to another. This is talking about the resurrection of the dead ones. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge topic and probably one we ought to save for some other time. Mm-hmm. But let me just say this. Do you know what happened immediately after Jesus' resurrection? It was a resurrection of dead ones. Many were seen into the sea. That's right. That's right. Many. After Jesus resurrected, the body, Soma, came out and prayed it through the streets. What in the world is that all about? What that is all about is what Daniel prophesied at his time of the end, which is when this would take place, or excuse me, when when this would take place. Yeah, take place that that multitudes would, would come out of the grave. Mm-hmm. Well, how many is is many? Including Daniel. Well, yeah, but Daniel wouldn't come out to here. Yeah, 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 b- yeah, yeah because yeah. this was the first fruit. Okay, yeah. This is the harvest. Yeah, but that's another whole discussion. So I'm going to defer to that because we don't have time to get into that yep. now. Let, let, let me let me hit on verse 35 though that I do want to get into, uh, and that is the new heaven and new earth. Yeah. Uh, Okay, here we go. While you're getting there real quick, though, I think we could also include that gathering as being in fulfillment of Matthew 23 when he said, I would have gathered you under my feathers. Mm -hmm. And then in 24, he says he would gather together his elect from the four ends. Uh, That could also include the living ones being gathered unto him. It it absolutely does. Into one kingdom. Yeah, yeah. That's why we're surrounded yeah. by such a great cloud of witnesses. Yes, yeah, yeah. And who in the Both world? Both Jew and Gentile gathered. And, and who in the world is in this great cloud of witnesses? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells you uh, a few verses later when he says, "Who he says, but you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels yeah. in joyful assembly. That's who's in the cloud. To the church of the firstborn." That's who's in the cloud. Mm -hmm. Those names who are written in heaven, those are in the cloud. You have come to God, he's in the cloud, the judge of men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. Mm -hmm. You probably know some of them. Mm -hmm. And to Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's who's in the cloud. And he said, we have come to that. We're not coming to it, we have come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, all right, right. heaven and earth passing away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Uh Aha, hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Well, something, Lynn, that most Christians don't know is that there are three different entities in the Bible called heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. Three different entities. Number one, number one, in the beginning God created what? Heaven and the earth. And that's the only one most Christians know about. Yeah. And that's one of them. But that entity is without end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the earth remains forever. Seed time and harvest time. That's right. Yeah. The second entity is this one. Babylon. 
is called heaven and earth. Quote, Therefore I will make the heavens tremble and the earth shake, and the earth will shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of His burning anger. Isaiah 13, 13. How do we know that that is Babylon? Because it told us that in the first verse, that this is an oracle concerning Babylon uh, that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw. Mm -hmm. So that's the second entity mm -hmm. that is called heaven and earth. And by the way, uh, Haggai will talk about a once more shaking of heaven and earth. Well, when was the first one? That one. Yeah. Yeah. And the writer of Hebrews quotes Haggai yeah. and, and, and says that this shaking that Haggai was talking about is about ready to happen again. Yeah. Why? There's a third entity called heaven and earth, and that is the old covenant animal sacrifice blood temple system. It's called heaven and earth. For example, in the Song of Moses, Deuteronomy, uh, leading into the Song of Moses, in Deuteronomy 32, uh, uh, Moses begins that in, in, in 32 verse 1, says, Listen, O heaven, hear, O earth. To whom or what is Moses talking? Well, in his introduction, Moses tells us in, in the previous chapter, he, he says, uh, All the elders of your tribes and all your officials, to whom Moses had assembled before him, gather all them together so that I can speak these words in their hearing and call heaven to earth to testify against them. Deuteronomy 31 Moses also tells us that this prophecy is what it's all about and that it's about to happen to Israel, quote, in their latter days, mm -hmm. end quote, Deuteronomy 31, 29. Uh, Isaiah uses the same language in Isaiah 1, 2. Hear, O heaven, hear, O earth. Well, who was he talking to? Was he talking about inanimate art objects like rocks and wood, you know, hearing? No, no, of course not. He tells us in the, in the next verse, O heavens and O earth are simply other names for God's children, or my people of Israel. So there are three different entities in the Bible called heaven and earth. One would never pass away. One had already passed away. That was Babylon. Mm -hmm. And a second one would soon pass away and be made new. And that is the new covenant creation. Mm-hmm. So an old heaven and an old earth passed away. We're about to run out of time. And we're going to come back. We'll come back and pick this up a little bit because I, I know you're rushing a little bit. But uh, uh, I, even if you talk to a Jewish person, they will tell you that they see their temple and their land as heaven and earth as well. And so heaven and earth yes. passes away. Yes. And a new heaven and earth comes on the scene. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment because I don't want to rush this. I want us to come back and get this clear again. But thank you for joining us. We want you to join in again. You just watched a full one-hour segment, but we're going to have to cut. And uh, we want you to come back and uh, join us again. But uh, take a moment to call that number on the screen. Get behind what we're doing. Uh, financially support us with your prayers, all those kinds of things. Uh, we encourage you to get John's books. Go on to Amazon.com. Uh, tell your friends about us and pray for us that God would uh, give us an effectual door of utterance and we believe he's already done that but we thank you for joining us again this week and we pray that God's blessing is upon you as you embrace this new covenant. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true biblically based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.